It's good to see each one this morning. We have a good crowd, a lot of visitors. Certainly appreciate you being here this morning. And we're all blessed to have the opportunity to be here this morning. I appreciate uh, being able to fill in for Jim while he is gone. Uh, of course, I wouldn't mind being with him today because the lectureships at Memphis are, are just tremendous. A great time, a lot of great preaching and lessons. And, and I tell you what, if you haven't been to a lectureship like Memphis, the singing is, when you get a thousand people together to sing, it's just something that, you know, just, I guess, kind of gives you a preview of what heaven's going to be like with all the singing. But wonderful lectureship that they put on each year. Certainly glad to be a product of that school. And uh, I always had, enjoyed having Jim as one of my instructors, so uh, we go back a long way. If you were not here for Bible class this morning, you missed a great Bible class. Brother J.C. laid out some things that are so important for us to know about this day, as the world calls Easter, and very informative. He did a great job. Now, I knew he was, he was supposed to teach this morning, but Thursday he told me he was still going to teach class, and, and I understand why, because he loves to preach and teach the Word of God, and that's such an admirable trait. And we need great men to continue to preach. A lot of people think when you hit a certain age that you ought to hang it up. And Brother J.C.'s proof that you don't have to. I hope that I can continue to follow many years as he has. This morning, we're going to be looking at what the world is looking at today in a different way. Although we know that Easter is a man-made holiday, just like Christmas is a man-made holiday, there are some things that we can learn and we need to learn about truth when it comes to these subjects. One thing we need to understand is that the Bible gives us instructions on how we're to live our lives spiritually. How we are to follow God's Word, not man's. Many are celebrating this day as Easter, the resurrection of Christ, out of ignorance. They do not know what the Bible teaches. They have not been taught that. And many people do not take the, and go the extra mile to become an in-depth student of the Bible. They're too satisfied with listening to what their preacher, minister, pastor, whatever they want to call him or her these days. And they take that at face value and think, well, that's the truth. And they never have a desire to find out if that's really what the Bible teaches. The Bible does teach about celebrating the resurrection of Christ, but it's not as the world celebrates it. Let me ask you a question. If you want to serve God and go to heaven, is it better to serve correctly or incorrectly? Another question. Can you go to heaven by serving incorrectly? Well, the Bible has the answers for both of those. And although there are those in the world today who feel that just because God sent His Son to this earth to die on the cross, that everybody's going to be saved at the end. If that's the case, then God would not have created a place called hell. Be no need to, would there? Be no need to create a place for uh, punishment if no one's going to be there. But of course, even in the Scriptures... It points out those that are there in the Hadean realm of torment at this time. 
Well, we're going to be looking at really serving God, serving Christ. If you're going to do it, you need to do it right. You need to do it according to what the Scriptures teach. Many say that well, everybody has a right to look at the Bible and to determine what it says, and they can live by that, and that's okay with God. Well, it's not okay with God. I haven't counted the number of times that are that is mentioned in the Bible the fact of not changing God's Word. I know it's in Deuteronomy, and I know it's in Revelation. And everywhere in between, that we're not to tamper with God's Word. So what does that mean? Jesus said you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Well, are there many truths, or are there one truth? is there one truth? Well, when we look at the fact that many in this world today call Jesus Lord but really do not know what that's all about. Jesus lets us know in many verses about following Him and being the only way. Jesus said, I, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by Me. You know, that's a very powerful statement because it rules out everybody else that's ever lived, that's living now, or will be living as a way of salvation. Christ is the only way of salvation. Jesus says, I am the way. He said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. So what is that? That leaves everything else out. Now, yes, there are those who deny the Bible's inspired. Brother J.C. made a comment about that in class this morning, about people don't understand inspiration. Biblical inspiration. They understand inspiration like you can be inspired like, Shakespeare was inspired to write certain things. Or you can be inspired to be a certain person, athlete, musician, whatever, based on somebody else. You can be inspired. But that's not biblical inspiration. Paul says, 2 Timothy 3.16, that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means it's God-breathed. That means it came from God. It's a different type of inspiration that the world knows. But the Bible is inspired. Therefore, if it's inspired, we're to follow it. We do not have the right to change God's Word. Do we have a choice? Absolutely. I can choose to do wrong all day long, but that doesn't mean I have a right to do wrong. But as we see what is written in the Scriptures, that we're to follow God, follow His Word. Not to add to or take away from His Word. Because when we do that, we have changed what God has revealed to us in order for us not only to serve Him, but to have eternal life. First of all, we can't improve on what God has already revealed. I would be very foolish and naive to think that I could improve on anything God has done. But many do. Jesus did not go through what He did on the cross to suffer the things up to the cross and the time on the cross so that we could do what we wanted to do and call it religious and say it's in the name of God. Many today feel that the way of salvation is what they determine in their minds or in their heart, not what the Bible says. Many have different ideas about salvation. And as Paul had said about his brethren, the Israelites, that they went about making their own way of salvation. Why? Because they had rejected the only way of salvation, which was Christ. Those that had rejected it outright, or those that had become Christians and then fell away, 
basically said, I'm going to do it my way. We're all familiar with that song, I did it my way. Well, a lot of people do. Does that set well with God? Absolutely not. Because if it did, God would have been foolish to put in His Word not to add to or take away from it. We're going to look at some verses this morning to help us focus in on what we're to do in order to please God. If we are not following God's Word, there are many people today who feel they're bringing glory to God and glory to Christ by their services, uh, whatever they're doing. But we cannot bring glory to God or Christ if we don't do what they say the way they say do it. Yes, we may be bringing glory to the, for the world to look at and say, well, you're bringing glory to God, but God's not satisfied with it. Nadab and Abihu, priests offering sacrifices to God, they thought they'd do it their way. They brought fire on the altar that God commanded them not, and God struck them dead. Does that tell us something about following God? It does. We're to follow God's Word, not our own. And that's where a lot of people get into trouble. Well, I don't see anything wrong with it. Well, I like it this way. We like to do it this way. We don't see anything wrong with it. Now, there may be a case where some things are not wrong. But when it comes to doctrine and practice, we have no right to do that. And when people say, I don't see anything wrong with it, you know, I believe them. Because they don't. I'm not doubting their sincerity. I'm doubting their knowledge. Many people want to call Jesus Lord, but they don't follow Him. They put their trust not in Jesus and His Word, but in those that are speaking to them. This morning, I hope you take notes. I hope you write down everything I say so you can go back and check it out. Make sure that I'm in line with the Scriptures. That I'm not making up things. Jesus didn't go through all of this so that we could do what we wanted to. In Matthew, the 15th chapter, and verse 9, if you have your Bibles, turn over to Matthew 15, 9. Jesus talks about the attitude of people. And, and yes, I understand there's some people who are not following God correctly out of ignorance. They just don't know. But there are some people doing it because they're, they're doing what they do out of ignorance, and they also at times do what they do because of selfishness following what they want to follow. And Jesus says, they really give lip service. But in verse 9, He says, but in vain do they worship Me. See, not all worship is acceptable to God. There is vain worship. And people say, well, there's no pattern. You can just look at it and do what you want. If there's no pattern, if there are no rules, how do I know when I'm worshiping in vain? I've got to have some kind of guideline. I've got to have some parameters to let me know when I go too far. We need to understand that we can worship in vain. Many are doing that today. Whether sincerely or insincerely. But he goes on to say, But in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. But notice verse 8. He says, This people draweth nigh unto me, with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips. Lip service. But their heart is far from me. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying everybody that's worshiping incorrectly today is doing it 
because they want to do it that way. They do it out of ignorance. And it has come through centuries and centuries of teaching the commandments of men for the commandments of God. So, Matthew 15.9 tells us that we cannot worship any way that we want because we may be worshiping in vain. He goes on to say that we need to understand as if you turn over to Matthew or turn back to Matthew 7.21 he talks about those entering or not entering the kingdom of God. Now, being Sermon on the Mount uh, a, a great sermon. What he was trying to do in this sermon was to prepare the Jewish people for the coming of the kingdom. To prepare their minds because there are going to be some things different. And they had to understand that. And even though he taught and the apostles taught, it was still a very difficult thing for the Jews to understand. It shouldn't have been because the prophets prophesied of many things. Prophesied of the coming of the church, the Messiah. Many things, and yet they were ignorant of those. But in Matthew 7, beginning in verse 21, he says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but what? But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. See, that's the key. It's not a matter of being religious. It's a matter of being correctly religious, or religious correctly, however you want to say that. It's a matter of doing God's will. And a person says, well, what's God's will? Well, that's where we're obligated to find out what the will of God is. Many people will go to their graves never examining what they've been told. What about the Bereans and Thessalonians? You know? They search the Scriptures daily, the Bereans and Thessalonians, and as the Gospel was being preached. You have one group that was more dedicated than the other. A contrast. How are we to be? How are, you know, Paul told Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God. Now, was it that Timothy didn't know anything? No, because we're told that Timothy knew the Scriptures from a child. His mother and his grandmother made sure that Timothy knew the Scriptures. So what was Paul saying? Study. Now, that word study carries a couple of different meanings. We understand study a lot of times means open the books and study something. But it can mean dedication. And I like to think that both apply in this area. That he was to know the Scriptures, but yet also study, apply himself to be the best he could be. But when Jesus says that nobody is going to heaven that doesn't do the will of the Father, then it's only common sense to say... As the young ruler said, what do I need to do to inherit the kingdom of heaven? Jesus tells us right there. So that puts the responsibility on our shoulders to find out what that will is. Not leave it up to some person. Yes, it's okay to get help. We all need help. But yet, it is our personal responsibility to know the Scriptures so that we know how to serve God correctly. If you'll turn over to 2 Timothy... Paul talks about the attitude and what people will uh, eventually end up doing. It was already going on at that time. But, very important passage here in 2 Timothy and chapter 4, dealing with people's attitudes. Now, he, he wrote this, and he's telling Timothy, 
what he needs to do. Paul was his mentor, explaining to him how he was to uh, conduct himself in many ways, how he's supposed to prepare himself as a young preacher. Beginning in verse 1, he says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing in His kingdom. Preach the Word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering And doctrine. Doctrine. Teaching what was to be taught. See, Timothy wasn't to go off and teach on his own. He was to teach what he had been taught. Well, where did Paul get his information? He got it from the Holy Spirit. He got it from God. He got it from Christ. So he relayed that. So Timothy wasn't to teach whatever he wanted to. He was to teach the doctrine. He says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. We don't want the truth. We want something that sounds good. We want something that makes us feel good. I don't want to walk out of this building today feeling bad. Now, we don't want to feel bad. That's not the point. But how can we know to repent of something if we have no guilt, if we feel no guilt at all? How many times have you watched TV or been in some situation and somebody has done something and they say, well, that person had no remorse whatsoever. No remorse. Well, it's the same way with guilt. No guilt. I don't feel any responsibility there. I don't really care. You know, I kill that person. I don't care. Nothing to me. No remorse. As Paul says, that they're going to heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. I want it my way. I want things to go my way. You know, that's just the way I am. God's just going to have to accept me the way I am. How many times have you heard people say, well, God will accept you as you are? No, He won't. The Bible says I must obey the gospel. I must be born again. God can't accept me the way that I am. God cannot uh, embrace sin. So therefore, I have to have my sins taken away before God will embrace me. The will of God. Knowing the doctrine. Sound doctrine. Notice in verse 4, And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. In other, way, in other words, these people, I don't want the truth. Now they may not say those exact words, but by your fruits you shall know them. How many of us read body language? Does a person have to actually say something verbally before we know what's going on with them sometimes? Absolutely not. Because we use common sense, reasoning, deduction, and all that. But we see here how that there are those who will turn away from God intentionally. Unfortunately, we have that in the Lord's church today. Now here's one verse, and I think it's one of the most important verses in the the whole Bible. And people should understand this verse. If you will, turn to Luke 6. We're going to look at verse 46. I want you to go away this morning feeling good, but in the right way. Not because somebody didn't step on your toes. You know, the old saying, we've heard this how many times, well, preacher stepped on my toes this morning. Well, I wasn't aiming for your toes, I was aiming for your heart. Yeah, we hear that all the time, but it's so true. 
But in Luke 6, 46, this is one of the most, as I said, one of the most important verses in the, the whole Bible to me. Because as Jesus is talking here, He is showing, once again, attitude. You know, attitude is like a steering wheel of life. Whichever way you turn it, you know, you turn the steering wheel to the left, your vehicle goes to the left. You turn it to the right, it goes to the right. Your attitude directs your life. It's like a steering wheel of life. But in Luke 6.46, Jesus says, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? I love Jesus. I sing the song, Oh, how I love Jesus, but I don't follow Him. How many people have you met in the world that never go to services, never really study the Bible, never do But Jesus is my Lord. They're going by misconception. They misunderstand the fact that Jesus requires obedience. But a lot of them feel like Jesus died on the cross. I actually had a man tell me one time that he didn't have to repent because Jesus took care of that at the cross. And I was thinking, that's kind of strange because... I know Acts 17.30 says God commands every man to repent. Now that was written after the cross. But people are taught incorrectly. They believe incorrectly. So how many people will say, Jesus is my Lord, but they don't do what He says? And that's Jesus' whole point. He says, how can you call me Lord and not do what I tell you to do? Many don't like to associate the New Testament with commandments. Oh, it's a book of love. We're under the law of liberty. I agree. But if there are no commandments, then why did Jesus say, if you love me, keep my commandments? I think Jesus wants you to keep His commandments. Are there commandments? Well, Jesus said they were. How can I keep something that does not exist? It's like trying to keep a law that does not exist. Take the speed limit off the interstate, and police officer pulls me over and says, you were speeding. <laughs> How was I speeding? There's no law out here. There's no speed limit. How could I be speeding? But Jesus also says in John 15, 14, that you're my friends if you do what I say. How many people say, I'm a friend of Jesus? Jesus is my friend. Well, Jesus says that we must obey Him, follow His commandments, and if we do that, we're... His friends. In Hebrews, the ninth chapter, the Hebrews writers tells us that Jesus is the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey Him. So we see that if we're going to bring honor and glory to God, we have to do it correctly. If we're going to make the resurrection of Christ mean anything, We've got to follow God's Word. Because if I go out and do whatever I want, I haven't brought any glory to God. I haven't really done anything to show the, the beauty of the resurrection of Christ. There are going to be many sermons this morning preached all over the world about the resurrection of Christ. And that's great as far as the fact that it is uh, recognized and acknowledged as truth, because it is. But it's not when it's not connected with the truth. Now, I'm not saying that people who are incorrect in their worship, everything that they do is unbiblical. 
But it doesn't matter. As Paul said, if you break one part of the law, you break the whole law. If you accept one part of the law, you have to accept the whole thing. But we can look forward to eternal salvation because of the resurrection. Yes, as Brother J.C. said this morning, the birth of Christ is very important. But we're told to remember the resurrection. In 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, when Paul is talking about the night that the Lord instituted the Lord's Supper, he made these statements that our Lord made. If you have your Bibles, if you're over 1 Corinthians verse 11, beginning in verse 20, or chapter 11, verse 24, he said, And when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, Take, eat, this is My body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of Me. Okay, that's the command. Do this. Whenever you take that Lord's Supper, you remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Verse 25, After the same manner also He took the cup when He had sipped, or supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in My blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of Me. Twice. Remember Christ. Verse 26, For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till He come. Now, that being said, why is it that people do not continue in the teaching of the Bible? Turn over to Acts, the second chapter. We discussed this a little bit this morning in class. I want you to notice something very important. Beginning in verse 41. Now, Peter has been preaching to them. They've been listening. Told them how they had crucified the Lord. And he said, Then they that gladly received His Word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, teaching, of fellowship and in breaking of bread. That's the Lord's Supper. They continued what they were taught. Now, also in prayers. Now, when we go to Acts 20, verse 7, what do we find? We find the disciples coming together the first day of every week to break bread. Now, why is it that the religious world may do it once a month, once a quarter, once a year? Why is that? Are they following what God has said? The Jews on the day of Pentecost had to be taught to observe the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week. Why? Because they didn't know anything else. All they had known was the Jewish law which said the Sabbath is on the last day of the week, Saturday. So they would not have known to be on, take it on the first day of the week. And Acts 20 and verse 7 is a little bit down the line. It wasn't just the next week after the establishment of the church. But we see there in Acts 2.41, they continue, in 42, they continue steadfastly and we see that continuing. Also in 1 Corinthians 1.16, when Paul says when you come together on the first day of the week, we see that first day of the week. So we see that in order to please God, we have to continue that. If people are not following that, they are not following God. They are not doing God's will. First of all, God wants us to remember Christ when we partake of the Lord's Supper. Not only His death, but the fact that He is coming back. He wants us to remember that. How often? As often as we do it. How often are we to do it? The first day of each week. And when people don't do that, they are not doing God's will. 
But we must understand that it is God's way or no way. A lot of people say it's the highway or my way. Well, if we want to place that on God, that's the way it is. It's His Word or we suffer the eternal consequences. I think it's great that God loved us enough to send us a Messiah, a Savior, so that we would have the opportunity to spend eternity with Him. But I cannot bring glory to God or bring glory to the resurrection of Christ if I am not following God's Word. If I am making up my own rules as I go. If you want to understand how we got to where we are today in religion, get the book, The Eternal Kingdom, and read it. It will tell you how we got to where we are today. Not all the religious bodies are from God. Only one. There's... Christ only built one church. It's only one body. The Bible talks about, the New Testament talks about the one body over and over and over. The one body. Who's the head of the one body? Christ. The body is the is church and the church is the body of Christ. And Christ is the head. So, if you really want to bring glory to God in your life, do it correctly. Because if we're not doing it correctly, we are not bringing glory to God. Now, the world might think we are, but God knows better. You know, we can walk out of this building today feeling good. Why? Because we can know the truth. And we can obey the truth. We should obey the truth. But the reason we can do that, for those of us who have obeyed the gospel, become members of the body of Christ, we know that as long as we are faithful, continue to walk in the light, 1 John 1, 7, our sins will be forgiven as long as we walk in the light. But you know what it takes to become a member of the body of Christ? Now, I, there are a lot of people here this morning, and a lot of visitors I do not know. I don't know what you believe. I don't know what you come from. I don't know any of that. But I do know what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that you must hear the Word of God in order to begin to understand what it talks about as far as everything, the whole scheme of redemption, Son of God, all of it. Faith cometh by hearing, Romans 10, 17. And then, upon that, you must realize that repentance or belief in Christ is absolutely necessary. Jesus said, He that believeth, uh, he that, back up here, get, get my mind ahead of my mouth here. Jesus said, He that, uh, if you don't believe that I am He, you shall die in your sins. Well, that may seem like a, a gimme. That may seem like, well, yeah, you got to believe in Christ. I mean, that's. that's you know, a no-brainer. People don't have problem with that. And when you tell people they have to repent, a lot of times they don't have problem with that. We are to repent. Jesus said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Repentance and confession. Paul, Romans 10, 9 and 10, talked about confession with the mouth is made unto salvation. No problems with those, but when it comes to following Christ and obeying, well, I follow Christ, I obey Christ, the Lord is, Jesus is my Savior. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Oh, I don't have to be baptized. What? I thought you said you believed in Christ. I thought you said that you followed Christ. What did Jesus say? Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Why did He send the apostles out? We go back to Matthew 28 and we look at the Great Commission. Not only did He send them out, and of course Mark uh, 
16, 15, 16, talks about going to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Why? Not just to preach. What did he say also? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. He commanded them to do that. Uh, wait, hold it. You don't have to be baptized to be saved. Well, hold it. I thought you told me you followed Christ. See? You see the contradiction there? You see the self-will over the Word of God. But those are the things you have to do. Paul said, as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. If you haven't been baptized into Christ, you haven't put on Christ. That's what it takes to become a child of God, become a member of the Lord's body, the church. If you need to do that this morning, I encourage you to because that's the only way. Jesus said, I am the only way. You want to follow Christ, you want to claim for Him to be your Lord, then you have to do what He says. And that's what he says. As a member of the body of Christ, if your life does not reflect the teachings of the Bible, if you've turned your back on God, if you've been unfaithful in any way, and you know what this time is for. People who are not members of the church may not understand this, but as a member of the church, you understand that this time is for members also to make sure that they're still walking with God. But if you need to obey the gospel for the first time or if you need to come back to the Lord, pray that you'll do so as we stand and sing.